This time this year has flown by. Time is flying, isn't it? And one of these days, time is going to end. And by question to you, by way of the guy with the gas mask on, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get you to think about preparing for something, preparing for something big, preparing for something great. One of these days, time is going to end. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? If you grew up in the 70s, you know who... Mark Spitz is. He was an Olympic swimmer, won a lot of gold medals in the Olympics for swimming. He said, if you fail to prepare, you're prepared to fail. When trouble comes, you must be prepared. When good things come, you've got to be prepared. When when trouble comes, you've, you've got to... Be prepared so that you're able to deal with those troubles that come your way. But when good times come your way, you need to be prepared to enjoy them. A lot of times we have good things come our way and we don't enjoy them. I was thinking about Dusty Venturous while I wrote this sermon this week. This is Dusty and just a few weeks ago he was sitting right back there with his grandma and his wife and his daddy. I, I was thinking about him. The army is making sure that he is prepared to be a soldier. His son wants to be one too. I think he's ready to take the oath too there. Dalton's just ready to take that oath. He wants to be like his daddy, his mama says. And then we see in the picture on the other side, he's got his right hand raised along with other, a lot of other young men. And I believe there's a young lady in the picture as well taking the oath. I looked online at what Dusty might be enduring at boot camp this week. He started boot camp this week. He's through with all of his orientation. What he's doing right now is getting tougher, faster, stronger. He has to pass a a physical fitness test before he can graduate. If he has prepared correctly, he will become a proud army soldier. He has to do a minimum, I looked this up, he has to do a minimum to pass this test, a minimum of 49 push-ups in two minutes, a minimum of 59 sit-ups in two minutes, a minimum of six pull-ups in two minutes. He has to run two miles in 15 minutes. He has to run five miles in 40 minutes. He's required to pass this physical fitness test. To do that, he has to hike 16 miles in 5 hours and 20 minutes of unknown terrain with a 65-pound pack on his back. He's going to be tough. He wasn't tough before. He's going to be tough. The army wants him to be that way. Dusty is required to pass this test in preparation of becoming a soldier. I looked online at, at other things to prepare for. Online, I could read about how to prepare for college, how to prepare for an interview, how to prepare for kindergarten, how to prepare for a baby, how to prepare for 2012, how to prepare for an economic meltdown, how to prepare for a Department of Transportation Safety Audit, how to prepare for marriage, how to prepare for taxes, how to prepare for winter. There's a lot of things that we need to prepare for in our lives. 
I clicked on the FEMA site, the Federal Emergency Management Association or agency site on how to prepare for disaster. We have one of our, there's a young lady here this morning who's, who had to endure that flood that we, we all had to endure a couple of years ago. They listed all kinds of hazards to prepare for from, from dam failure to winter storms. They listed, had all kinds of things to prepare for. But the basic outline for each of these disasters that we could prepare for, the basic outline was the same. Get informed. Plan. Assemble a disaster supply kit. Make sure that you have effective shelter. Get your children involved. And make sure that you have adequate insurance for when the disaster occurs. This FEMA outline is basically the the sermon outline for today. Because we need to prepare. Each and every one of us needs to make sure that we're prepared for what's coming. There's something coming. There's something that's going to happen. I'm going to tell you about it a little bit later, but I, I, I want you to understand that you, you need to be prepared for what's coming. You're either going through trouble or you're about to go through trouble or you're in trouble right now. So what do you do? What do you do? Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Is that easy for you? Is that easy for you to do, to not let your heart be troubled? Coach John Wooden said, Be prepared and be honest. He's not Jesus Christ. But what he said was true, wasn't it? Be prepared, be honest, be honest with yourself. Is it easy for you not to let your heart be troubled when trouble comes? Be honest. Hard for most of us. Around this statement that Jesus makes, and if you'll turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, we're going to be spending a lot of time there. John chapter 14. Around this statement that Jesus makes in John chapter 14, verse 1, there are some lessons that Jesus teaches his disciples attending a feast that we can use in our lives to help us prepare for trouble, to find strength in trouble. In John, there is a conversation between Jesus and the disciples that happens in between chapter 13 and chapter 17. In chapter 13, Jesus identifies his betrayer, Judas, and tells them that he's leaving this world. He, he tells the, the apostles, I'm leaving this world. Jesus knows the hearts of all, and he understands that this news about him leaving this world is, is troubling to his disciples. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. And then Jesus gives us the first step of our disaster plan. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. 
And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Step one, according to Jesus, is to get informed. You know, he says. We need to be informed. We need to understand that Jesus is prepared so that we can be prepared. We are not troubled because we believe. Truly believe. That's the reason we're not troubled when trouble comes. This faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, verse 17. And this faith is shown by our obedience. Look down at, at chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 21. Notice, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest or, or make myself known to him look skip down to verse 23 if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him notice look at verse 23 there notice the mansions at verse 2 do you know do you see that the mansion that he's preparing if you obey God God will make his home with you you want a mansion Robe and crown. We sing that song, right? If you want a mansion, a robe and a crown, you must love God and you must love Him enough to obey Him. Obey what He says. With this information, you can form a plan. You can form a plan. First, to begin to, to continue to develop Faith through the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen, because without faith, the Hebrew writer says, it's impossible to please God. The, the root outline for this sermon is what I used at the beginning of our couples retreat. Troy wanted me to speak on what to do in marriage when everything is good. And the first foundation was to have an active Bible life. First foundation in our life, whether you're single or married, If you want to have strength when trouble comes, have an active Bible life. Read your Bibles. We need to be diligent to daily read and meditate on Scripture. It is in the Scriptures that we find information. It's in the Scriptures that we find the plan to escape eternal death. Each one of us may be at a different level of preparedness. Some may not be prepared at all because they've not taken that step to obey God. The Lord will take His vengeance on those who do not obey the gospel. The Bible says so in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. But if you obey the gospel, if you obey the gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, and get into Jesus Christ by being baptized into Jesus Christ, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27, and continue to abide in Christ, 2 John 9, faithful unto death, Revelation 2 and verse 10, all of the preparation will pay off with heaven as your eternal Reward. This plan for eternal life includes a prepackaged disaster kit, a prepackaged disaster supply kit. This is found in Second Peter chapter one, beginning around verse five. 
When we add to our faith, it says, virtue or, or goodness. Add to your faith, virtue or goodness. If you were already good before baptism, be more virtuous. Be gooder. That's a bad word. Don't emulate that word. Be better than that. Be better than you were before. Be more virtuous. Add to your goodness. Add to your virtue. Add knowledge. Know what's going on around you and how to apply the Scriptures to your situation. Add to self Add to this self-control, add to this knowledge, self-control. We must strive to control our habits. We must strive to control our speech. We must strive to control our desires and persevere. Persevere through the highs and the lows of life. To help us persevere, we must be godly people. Add to this perseverance godliness. We are Christians. We wear the name of Christ. Godly people don't put poisons into their body nor encourage others to do so. Godly people dress appropriately. Godly people talk appropriately by by word and deed and text and email. Godly people are kind to their brothers and sisters. Add to this godliness, brotherly kindness. And then the highest form of love, agape love, add love. We're to love each other. William Barclay once wrote, Love always involves responsibility. And love always involves sacrifice. And we do not really love Christ unless, unless we are prepared to face His task and take up His cross. That's true. To love takes being prepared to love. To have that mindset, to have that, that heart that... When you have the opportunity, you're going to love no matter what. Whatever it takes. One component in our supply kit that we dare not face trouble without is prayer. An active prayer life is crucial to getting through any trouble you will encounter. Here you find true strength in prayer. Many times, though, we wait until trouble comes to, before we pray, don't we? And, and we should. We should pray when trouble comes. But, you know, there, there's a lot of us, maybe, maybe you've been this way in your, in your life, that when, you, when trouble comes and you start to pray, it's almost like you're praying to a stranger. Because you haven't, you haven't built that foundation, that prayer life that you need get through the trouble in the first place. Jesus prayed daily during His greatest trials in the garden, Matthew 26, verse 36, while He was on the cross, Luke 23, verse 34, and we find the early church deep in prayer through the tri- their trials of persecution in Acts chapter 12. To survive life's disasters, find strength. In prayer, we 
receive an, an inner peace that's, that's necessary. We've got to have it to be able to get through the, the troubles that are coming. Hey, they're coming our way. We are to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. In prayer we find not just peace, but God's peace. How strong is that? Pretty strong. Fountainhead, we have got to develop, if you haven't already, a prayer life, an active prayer life before trouble even gets here. Jeremiah, skip too far. Jeremiah is praying to God about Israel here in, in chapter 12, verse 5. This is for Israel to read, but you're going to love this. He says, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? You're tired from just running the normal race. They're running the New York Marathon this morning. 26.2 miles. They've been preparing for a long time to run such a race. Look at, look at Jeremiah saying, if you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you, what are you going to do when you've got to run with the horses? You need to prepare now so that you can get through the trouble when your strength is small. And the troubles are small. And later on, your strength will be larger when the troubles are larger. Friends, talk. So start talking to God now. And then you'll be a friend and not a stranger. In preparing for disaster, we make sure that we are informed. We're informed for the trouble in our lives. Information is, is vital. We can, as we've said, find information on how to prepare for the storms of life from the Bible. The New Testament gives us a plan with which we can be saved and how to cope with the daily trials of life and the major troubles that are a part of living as well. This plan involves assembling a disaster supply kit, as we've said, with one of the most important components that we can put in this kit, prayer. But the plan to give us strength in trouble also includes the need for effective shelter. Jesus said to the disciples in John chapter 14, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, he says. He tells his disciples, because I live, you live. Verse 20, at that day, what day? He told them, there's a day soon that I'm going to leave, and at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you and me, and I and you. It is in Jesus Christ that we find the effective shelter that we need to face any trouble in life. 
Later in John chapter 17, Jesus prays that we would be one in Him. God put all things, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22, under the feet of Jesus and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. When you're in Christ, you're in His body. You're in His church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and it'll be the topic of the sermon tonight, I will build my church, he said. And if you're in his church, you have effective shelter to not just get by, to make it. Make it when the trouble comes. If you really want to prepare for when disaster strikes, be with the church whenever the opportunity is afforded to you. Worship with the saints. Study with your brothers and sisters. Grow, cry, pray. Laugh together. Help develop an active Bible life and an active prayer life by having an active church life. As a member of the body of Christ, we are to care for one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 24. And those of us who are strong are to help the weak. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Hebrews 10, 25. And put God first. Matthew 6, verse 33. And even in your time of trial, you will get everything you need. We can only find this effective shelter in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How do we do this? How do we get into Jesus Christ and come to the Father? Verse 23, If we've read this before, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. Jesus tells the disciples, look at verse 25 of John chapter 14. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And the Holy Spirit, He does just this. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches and is filled with the Holy Spirit and tells the people there of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of his death, of his burial, of his resurrection. And he asked the, he's asked by the crowd what they should do. And he says, by the promised Holy Spirit, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children One thing to prepare for disaster that we've got to do is get our children involved. In the society that we live in today, our children are screaming for our attention. Let's give it to them before they command our attention in ways that we won't like, nor will God. Bring your children to Bible class. Be the parent. Don't let them tell you where they're going to be on Sunday and Wednesday. 
Be the parent. You have to. You tell them where they're going to be. But also tell them of God's love. Show them your love. Show them where they can go when trouble comes their way. Blaze the trail. Lead your children. Get them involved in being prepared. So when trouble comes their way, they'll be prepared. Of course, in any disaster, it's best if you have an airtight insurance policy. I hope that you picked one of these up. If you didn't, uh, pick one up as you leave. Uh, I, Mr. and Miss Trammell uh, gave me this in a bunch of old tracks. They were cleaning out the basement one day, and they gave me this. Was in the the, the track. This is this is from 1949. 1949. Brother Shockley, uh, Sammy said, "This is older than you are." I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. But it is, isn't it? Isn't it older than you are, 1949? <laughs> the Eternal Life Insurance Company of the Soul Home Office Heaven. A whole life policy, daily life premiums. It's a track that was put out by a preacher, an evangelist, back in 1949. If you'll notice clause number one. This policy is issued and can be accepted only on the terms of. And he lists the terms there that eternal life can be given. Everlasting life is only given to those who obey. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me, we've read. And if you believe and obey, you will be saved. Mark 16 verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. Get informed. Have a great Bible life. Follow the plan that is contained in the New Testament and supply yourself with the Christian graces and an active prayer life. Make sure you are in Christ Jesus, His body, His church. Get your children involved. Get the insurance of eternal life. A policy, like Sammy said this morning, it's already been paid for you. The premiums have already been paid. They were paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. A farmer on the coast of New England was having trouble finding hired hands. He tried some young boys, but they just didn't work out. They didn't, they didn't work hard enough for him. But finally, this little wiry fella came and wanted the job on this farm. The farmer asked him, do you know about farming? He said, well... I can sleep when the wind blows. The farmer was puzzled about that, but he had a lot to do, and so he put the man to work, and the man worked well. He worked very well. He, the farmer was very pleased with the man, but 
On the Atlantic coast, it's hard to be a farmer because there's so many storms. And one night, the wind was blowing so hard, it woke the farmer up. And he, he, he jumped out of bed and he went to where, the, where his hired hand was sleeping. And he, he woke him up and he said, come on, we've got, to, we've got to gather everything up. We've got to batten everything down. And the man looked at him and said, no, sir. I told you I can sleep when the wind blows. And the farmer was so mad, he was going to fire him right there. But he, he went out and he, he started to get the chickens up, but they were already up. The cows were already in the barn. The, the hay and the feed already had tarpaulins securely over them. All the windows and the doors were barred and shut and secured. The farmer understood what his hired hand had meant. And while the wind blew, he went back in the house. He slept well. When trouble comes, can you sleep when the wind blows? Are you prepared? Time is ticking. Time is ticking. This year's gone by so fast. Your life has gone by so fast. One of these days, Jesus Christ is coming back. He promised that He would. I can't wait for that day. I really want it to happen right now. I want Jesus Christ to come back right now. I'm prepared to go. Are you? If you're not, we can help you in any way. If you want to sleep when the wind blows, come right now.